Everybody, welcome to Greg's Garage Pod with co-host Jason Pridmore, presented by Bike911.com. Alex Asante is your guy. Go visit Bike911.com if you need some legal advice, especially if you got some motorcycle, something or another going on. Alex will help you out. Well, I'm Greg White, and joining me is Jason Pridmore back in the United States. What's up, JP? What are you doing, G-Dub? How's life? Life's great, man. Unfortunately, I have no internet. So I'm doing this off my phone's hotspot. So yeah. AT&T so, fiber crashed at 2.30 in the morning or something. I don't get to look at your, like, uh, your little pretty round face this morning while we're doing this, huh? Ooh, good one. A little round face action. Well, no, I mean, because the because you're bold and you got that round thing. Hey, I'm bold. Oh, yeah. oh. Bold. So I'm standing online at the bank. Uh, <laughs> Andrew Dice Clay. I mean, hey. How great. I mean, can you remember him back in the day? Oh, dude, getting a hold of that cassette tape oh. and listening to that thing. Cassette. Remember cassette tape? All right, we're dating ourselves. Date. Yeah. Dice man. Hey, by the way, have you, have you ever been to Maui, bro? <laughs> yeah, a bunch. I've been, it's, it's you know, it's the same thing again. I, I know I've said this a million times, but I don't watch the news. And so I was over in England and it came up on like one of my Instagram things about what was going on in Lahaina and I don't know if you've ever, have you been to Lahaina G-Dub? Yes. It's literally one of my favorite places. Like Maui is the only place I've been in Hawaii and I've been yeah. twice. Yeah. I've been over there quite a few times and um, you know, Lahaina was, is it, it I, I actually last night, my mom and I were watching a program and uh, like breaking news came across. They were doing like press conference over there. That's literally the first time I had seen, press conference or anything like that and when they showed the aerial views of Lahaina and all that stuff I yeah just couldn't believe it like I it's unreal it's, yeah I just feel so bad for everybody over there I feel so so did you bad ever go to Mick, Mick Fleetwood's restaurant down there on the water the you know there's a couple that I went to the... down there that were you know that, that I really loved I I don't remember if that was it or not though yeah, it says on the sign. I can't remember the name of the restaurant, but it says like you know Mick Fleetwood's deal. But I did see an interview with him, and they showed B roll of the just the devastation and everything. And I just I feel for all the people that lost lives and and all that stuff. And it's just a beautiful part of the country and a great vacation yeah. spot. And you know, people livelihood. And it's not going to be easy to rebuild. You know, it's, it's devastating, it's, man. It's, yeah, but hopefully things will work out for everybody there. But um, Anyway, we go on with this podcast because we got Moto America pit race coming up. We have Red Bull Ring coming up. And, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about Pro Motocross at the same time. But before we do any of that stuff, we're going to get into our news presented by Arai. And that means that I have a read to read, Jason. So I'm going to read the read. So I'm going to read the read. You ready? Mm. All right. All right, here we go. Helmets made by the dedicated hands of those who work at Arai have shown examples of supreme protection for decades. The numerous improvements by their exceptional hands and personal desire to further the protection of riders' heads are among the many unique reasons Arai helmets perform the way they do. From our very first helmet to those we make today, rider protection remains our first priority, and we at Arai shall never forget the value of what we have been seeking to protect is priceless. That means you out there, people. Go to AraiAmericas.com. Go check out all the information on their tech and paint jobs and fitment and all kinds of good stuff. It'll definitely help you out. All right. 
To the rundown we go, and all right, Jay, let's start off with some MotoGP stuff. Well, World Superbike champ Alvaro Bautista gets a wild card ride this season in Malaysia. What are your thoughts about that? I think it's after the World Superbike Championship is over, so that's going to be good for him. He can kind of get done and then go to Malaysia. I think it was a track that he wanted to do that that race at. I've never been there, but it just it kind of looks like a great place for for Batista. It's a place where he can, you know, the it's a lot of big straightaways, two big long straightaways at Malaysia. It's wide, it's fast, it's flowing. I think those are all the kind of things that Batista loves. And I think that it'll be a good a good chance for him to uh to go out and, and see how he, you know, stacks up in MotoGP on arguably the best bike out there. It's cool that Ducati does that. My question to you is the last time I think somebody did this from World Superbike was Troy Bayless in 06 Valencia and he ended up winning. Do you think Batista has a chance at winning this race? In Sepang? Mm-hmm. Sure. I mean, I don't, you know, listen, they gave him two days of testing on that thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that you give him two days of testing and all of a sudden you say, hey, by the way, we love what you did. Get on a wild card bike. Mm-hmm. I-, I think for sure if the chance, if it's late, you know, I think I don't even know what round it is. It's pretty late in the season when they do that. And if yeah. if there's a championship to be had and he could affect it, then I would say, okay. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I, th- I think he can win it. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, it's, I think a lot of it depends on where everything is in the championship. It's, you know, it's going to be Ducati riders, I believe, fighting it out for that anyways. So, you know, where's he going to position himself? He's, he's kind of throwing himself right into the mix at the end of the season when championships are on the line. So how much he's going to want to race against guys that are actually maybe competing for the championship at that point. There's a lot of little things that I think will go in there. That that's and, what I'm. That's the only thing know, I think that would hold him back, especially if right. it's Ducati versus Ducati versus Ducati or something crazy. He's not going to stick yeah. his nose up there and try to decide a championship. I wouldn't. I think, think it'd be easier for him to. I think it'd be easier for him though, Greg, to race with a bunch of Ducatis. When if it was, you know, KTM and Aprilia or any of the other man, any other manufacturer that was really fighting for the championship. KTM still has a shot at doing that towards the end of the year. Uh, there's a lot of racing to go still, tons of racing before we get to round 14. So I think a lot of it will just depend on where things are. And you got to remember, I guess, kind of why is he doing it? Is it just as a, is it like a fun weekend for him to go and ride a MotoGP bike? Because he's not going to MotoGP, he's not going back there. So there's going to be a lot of little things that will come into play, I think, over the course of that weekend. On paper, it looks really cool. It looks really, really fun. But then we'll see how the politics of it all play out as the as the weekend unfolds. Alex Marquez stays with Grassini. Speaking of Ducati, what are your thoughts about Grassini holding on to Alex Marquez? I mean, I think it's well deserved. I mean, we saw him win the sprint race at uh, at uh, Silverstone. Um, I was glad I was there for that. He rode amazing in that race, and. Uh, you know, the next day he pulled out, it looked like he had a shifting problem or um, something because remember he pulled out of the Grand Prix itself on Sunday while he was up in that front group. And now he knows he can beat all these guys. And again, I say this all the time. I don't want to sound like a broken record, but when a guy like, like Alex Marquez, who is a double world champion in his own right anyways, but when, you know, all the all the time you think I can I can beat these guys, I can run at the front in MotoGP. Well, when you finally do it, it just brings you a whole new era of confidence. And 
I think it's great that he ended up staying with Grassini and it'll be interesting to see who they put on there with him, you know, next year. While I was while I was Mark, over there no. every yeah, right. Can you imagine? While I was over yeah. there, all the talk was Dixon and in in England and the most of the guys that 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 I was lucky enough to talk to at the race, most of them were like they they don't you know they don't understand it, but you know, be um, British TV uh, for Dorna is a huge, huge, huge market, and they haven't had anybody since Cal Crutchlow, obviously in MotoGP, who is uh, who also is in our news because I see it coming up here that he's going to wild card at Motegi. But I'm just sitting there, and Jake Dixon didn't do himself, you know much of a service by the interview he gave afterwards with, with Darren Bender and he's won one race. It's not like the guy's dominating moto too. So yeah, it's, it's an interesting state over there as far as that goes. Cause I could think of some other guys I would probably throw on Grassini before Jake Dixon. Yeah. I think there's plenty of other people right now that mm-hmm. are going to be looking at that. Cal Crutchlow is going to be doing a wild card ride on a Yamaha in Motegi, which is round 14 on a development bike. Um, your thoughts on how important it is for Yamaha's image and the riders they have on board or the riders that are going to be coming on board for that bike to perform well at Motegi. I was thinking about this when I saw you wrote that down. Um, Cause you really have three different stages of this, this Yamaha scenario for me. Uh, you look at, let's just talk about Quadraro for a minute. He is growingly, it seems, um, growing tired of the narrative that the bike's going to get better, and it just doesn't. Like it just seems to me like he's a little bit frustrated. Um, looking at his body language, the guy cra- uh, guy qualified dead last at Silverstone, dead last. And to me, I think for Quattararo, um he he needs he needs a spark, and he's even come out and said that he doesn't think that there's going to be anything earth shattering or groundbreaking with with whatever it is they do to this bike. So when you look at it in those terms, it doesn't seem like Quattararo really thinks that it's going to make much of a difference for Cal Crutchlow. Anything that he has been testing, um, he's going to get to stick it out there and see how he how he does. And Greg, he's done really well as a wild card. I mean, he has. He was pretty impressive at a couple of them that he did. Was it at the end of last year or was it the beginning of this year? I can't remember now, but I think it was the end of last year. I think the end of last year. Yeah, he was pretty impressive. And then you look at a guy like Alex Renz, who's coming into that team. He's probably dying to know what exactly is being changed. And by that round, Renz obviously will be healthy. Um, So he'll get to see firsthand how that bike is reacting, if it's any better or if it's any worse. I think that... I saw some things written about Mir going to Yamaha as well. And the reason they chose Rins was because he's won more races and he's won on multiple bikes and so on and so forth. So there, Yamaha seems really, really stoked that they've got a guy like Rins on board. And um, I think it's a good signing for another reason myself, because I think that if Quattararo was supposed to, if he was to go anywhere else, um, at the end of his contract, I think Renz is a good guy to kind of head that program um, going mm. forward. I think that that's a, like a pretty good guy to have on your side. I think that he's a good tester. I think he's thorough, knowledgeable, race winner. Um, and so I think I think Renz will be an important part of that puzzle for Yamaha moving forward. It's been very interesting 
reading some comments that Renz has been making as of late, probably the last 10 days-ish, where he's really kind of taking the veil off of Honda and basically saying, like, look, you know, here's my guy who came over from Suzuki to manage this team. I win Coda, and my bike is exactly the same. And it's I not like that. the factory bikes. And it's, I, you know, I kind of like that about Renz. Like, he's not, it doesn't feel like he's out to get them. They're asking him questions, and he's answering it honestly. And on another note, there was a quote by, you know, the, 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 the head of HRC basically saying, like, we are going to give Mark Marquez a winning bike. We are not pulling out a MotoGP, blah, 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 blah. You know, and, and that's another interesting kind of bit where they're under the assumption that Mark Marquez is staying. And then, of course, GP1, which is, a, you know, it's a fine website, but they definitely deal in, you know, inflammatory or, or sensationalistic type stuff. Apparently, Mark Marquez on TV said something positive about KTM, you know, about how well that they've been developing their bike. So now all of a sudden it's like, oh, my gosh, he's going to KTM. And you're like, Ugh. and on the other hand, KTM apparently has blocked the idea that there should be concessions for Honda and for Yamaha. So there's a lot of, a lot of unpacking to do with all the statements that you just said, because I, I yeah, go back, yeah, you know what I mean? To I go was kind of breezing said, through them, but yeah, go ahead. What you said about Renz, I couldn't agree with you more. Like he doesn't ever seem like he's putting anybody on blast. He's just being honest. And you know, when you see his comment about after I win, I still have the same bike and I'm thinking, well, maybe that's better. You know what I mean? Like maybe, maybe you don't want to be on the factory bike because it's, it's proving to not be a very good place to be right now. Um, and then, and then when you look at, when you look at what one of the bosses at HRC says that we're going to build Mark Marquez a winning bike, that, that doesn't address the other three riders you have. <laughs> you, Honda doesn't need to build Mark Marquez a bike. They need to build a bike that can be competitive. Like Ducati has done across the board, you know? Um, yes. It's not about one rider. That's where they have kind of screwed up all along is they've built a bike around one guy. And Yeah, but when, Jay, when you say all along, you mean all along. I mean because all that, along. that's the way it's always been. It's always been let's develop a bike around one rider. It's part of the reason why Valentino Rossi ended up leaving HRC was because their ego is we build a better bike than you're a rider. And Valentino says, no, I'm a better rider than, than you guys can build a bike. And that was a huge discrepancy. And one of the reasons why Valley went, bye, I'm going to Han- uh, Yamaha. Thanks, Honda. Check this out. And I saw a stat. He I saw, their butt. Yeah, he did. I saw a stat this morning. Do you know the last rider to get on the to win a Grand Prix for Honda? Uh, I'm sorry. Do you know the last rider to win for HRC and the HRC factory team for Honda that wasn't Mark Marquez? Hmm. Or do you know the year? Let's see. Let's we go back to what I know, which is oh mm-hmm. seven Nikki Hayden. Mm-hmm. Uh oh wait, oh six Nikki? Did oh, Nikki win the after that? In, he won the championship in oh six. He won the championship in oh six with two wins, but I'm thinking, did he win one in oh five? I don't because he's only got like man. three wins. Yeah, you're you're off though. Uh, no, that's, no, no. That's so, a little too far back. That's a little too far back. So let me think. Mm. It actually surprised me how long it's been. I'll tell you that. Cause it's like, wow, has it really been like that? <clears throat> I don't know who it was. Pedrosa in 17. Oh yeah, of course. Pedrosa. And, and you know, they've had Juan Mir, they've had Lorenzo, Paul Spargo, um, 
who else they had? I can't think. I'm missing all somebody. race winners, right? All race winners. A couple could world do it champions in there too. Guys that have won world yeah. championships in other classes that have got on this bike yeah. and they can't ride it. So you sit there and you think to yourself, well, um, they've built this bike around one guy. So listening to what you know the the comments from HRC about we're not going to let Mark go, we're going to build him a winning bike again, but. That doesn't do me any good if I'm the second rider on the team or if I'm Alex Rins. So Alex Rins thinks, well, I'll go to Yamaha. Because, again, while I'm over there, I'm hearing all kinds of stuff about Quattararo to Aprilia. And and I don't know, you know, again, I'm just reading the same stuff a lot of other people have. But I, I heard it kind of going around that that you know, was something that was being said. And I know he's got another year on his contract, but now he's growingly unhappy with what's going on. So... And Vinales, even though he put in a good result at Silverstone, rode really well, he's been very lackluster on that bike. Um, and so, I mean, Quattararo on that Aprilia might would maybe be a good a good thing. Um, but yeah, it's 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 just a, it's it's weird over there right now. When you go over there, it's so strange to see like Yamaha and Honda struggling as bad as they are at that level. It's just so weird. You're there and you're. You're going, all these European brands are just kicking the shit out of those guys, you know? Killing them. Uh, yeah. just, I, think, I think their philosophy is outdated. If you look at the, how good the Ducati is, it's because they just take a big team approach, right? Like, right. these are our engineers. There's a big pool of information. We're pulling from the pool. We're going to look at all these notes. I mean, you just look at Gigi Delinia. The dude's all over the place. Mm-hmm. You know, he goes to every rider and asks them questions, even the slowest of them all, right. you know, to gather information. And he's really made a point to do that. And, I think that this this philosophy of one rider, you know, we're going to develop it around one rider and this is the way it's going to be. I mean, again, you go back to when Nicky Hayden won his world championship. It was a unique bike. It was a, the only bike. he They went a completely different direction than anything else, and it was a very rideable bike. You know, yep. They made it longer. They made it more dirt track. They moved the pivot closer to the engine, all kinds of stuff. So it's... It, you know, the, I think at this point, the Japanese are going to have to look at themselves and say, we have got this is what we have to compete with. We have to compete with this Italian, Austrian uh, mentality. And we've we've got to make some adjustments on how we do business if they want to compete. Yep. And the biggest thing is, is the risk adverseness of the culture of Japan and how they do things. They want to develop slow steps, slow steps. The Italians are like, ah, who cares? Let's just go ahead and blow this season. We're going to throw some spaghetti at it and see what happens. Right. You know, well, literally. And, 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 and again, though, the thing is, when you look back at what Ducati has done, they've proven that they can build a bike that multiple riders can win on. And that's what I'm saying. It's just it's, it's crazy, crazy, isn't it? It's yeah. just it's it's and that's the thing. They can throw a guy like Batista on their bike and he, you know, having not ridden. Motor well, that's team, our thing, right? You could throw Batista on the bike right now. OK, you could throw anybody, anybody on a Honda. And there's no way you're saying that that, that bike would even win as well. Like Likawona is going on it again as a wild card. And you're like, OK, good for him. I don't get but the we're saying, thing. I don't get that whole thing. Like they're uh, saying yeah. that he's going to go to that team. He's going to go to LCR next year, it sounds like. And you're thinking like, honestly, what has Lekawona done? Like really, what has Lekawona done? Uh, and he, and this is a guy that I absolutely loved when he was getting hired by HRC. But he hasn't really been, to me personally, that big of a standout, even against Xavi Vierge, who came from Moto2. And I know that – I the it kind of goes back to the same old you win Suzuka and you're in forever. And Honda, he won Suzuka last year with Honda Mm. and 
yeah, you just kind of sit there and you think, man, like what is, what, yeah, like, what's going on there? Just, yeah. But I don't know who else is running on right. that bike. Like if you're a Moto2 right now and you're a top guy and Honda came along and said, hey, you know, you want to go to LCR? I, as bad as I'd want to be in MotoGP, I don't know if that would be a path I'd want to go. Nah, I don't know either. Mm. I mean, no, the answer is no. You know, you might, I you wouldn't. might do Moto2 for another year and wait for some of the contracts to be up at the end of that year. And you might get some better opportunities possibly. It's just, it's a very, very, yeah, it's a hard one to, to think about. So, I mean, dude, there's 22 seats available and 18 of them are not, are not Hondas. It's Correct. crazy. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, and I think it just some, somehow it feels to me like Yamaha is, is going to figure this out before Honda does. I have no idea why I feel like that, but I do. <laughs> And speaking yeah. of Yamaha in World Superbike, uh, Dominic Agurter extends his World Superbike contract with Yamaha mm-hmm. for 2024. Um, thoughts on his extension and his performance so far this year? Well, I think at the beginning of the year, he was pretty impressive. Uh, it seems to have tapered off a little bit, I think. I don't think that he's been as impressive lately. Even when you go back to the last race at most, Remy had pace over him. Um, I think that... I think that what Yamaha really, really wanted to see uh, at the beginning of the year when Agurda was doing as well as he was doing, I think Yamaha was really hoping that that was the path that that was going to continue down. Um, I feel like they probably thought this could be the guy that could replace, you know, Rizgatiaglu when he leaves. And, you know, now you just go, well, they, they I don't think that's going to be the case. Yamaha didn't really come right out and say who he signed with they just said they signed him that was the other thing that that yeah yeah they, remember they thing. did that same thing with Gerloff too yeah. at the time they were like oh we've signed him but it, it doesn't sound like they've made a commitment on where they're going to put him yet right so is the johnny ray to yamaha rumor still out there oh yeah yeah it's out there i mean i mean with me being over there it was that's all everybody talked about oh is that right hmm. yeah i mean it, it's yeah, I, and I don't know all the ins and outs of what's going on, but um, did you guys golf with him, or he wasn't around, or didn't what's up? was supposed to in Ireland? We were gonna. I was actually looking forward to it because Johnny, he's funny because he he downplays like he he's he's worried like when we went and played with him the first time, he was worried about playing with any of us because he's like I'm not that good. And it's like so funny to see a guy like that worried about what other people think, like especially just to go have a game of golf, you know. But um, I can't remember. Why I shoot in the one twenties. I'll golf with you. What do I care? Yeah, yeah, it's true. Just buy um, two, two, two boxes of balls. I'm good. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I you know I know it's I know it's all like vacation time over there. I think Kawasaki has a test this next week. It might even be tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I think they have a test to try some updated stuff. Um, you know, I at this point, I think that just with everything that's being discussed. You would think that Kawasaki would be scrambling a little bit, and maybe that this test has something to do with that. So maybe. you just never know. I just you just don't know. They, he does have an extra five hundred RPM, and they didn't. They did the right thing, I think, and just conservatively said, "We're going to wait to figure all this out." Right later, we're not going to just dump five hundred RPM in the bike and then hope for the best and develop <laughs> during the race weekend. Right. So we'll we'll see. Uh, yeah. yeah, it'll be uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how all that actually plays itself out. Moto America news baggers, Jason, your favorite class is going international. What are your thoughts <laughs> about baggers 
going to Europe. Now we what what the announcement was like basically the people who I think promote BSB are going to be partners with Moto America to promote baggers. I'm not really certain that we know exactly where it's going yet. If it's going into BSB or if it's I going, think it's going you know, to BSB from what I've read. Yeah, I mean that would make sense absolutely. But so what do you think about bag- baggers going international? Well, look, I think. Have you ever seen a BSB weekend? Uh, I mean, as many races as we do on a weekend, they are packed. The track never is they quiet. Have more. I think they have more, dude. It's they insane. might have more. And what's crazy about it is their schedule is so tight. Like, I watched some Thrust, some of Thruxton on TV over there on the weekend, and it's like the national—not even the national anthems—but the podiums are going, and you can hear the next class going out already. It's like mm. it's it's one after the other after the other. So, look, Baggers is intriguing in a lot of different ways for a lot of different people. And it has definitely created a niche in our sport. And I think to be fair though, Greg, I've gotten more into it because of the, the speed that you see him go. Like it's incredible. The lap times that all the top guys are doing on these bikes. Um, for me, it's just a scary class to call. Like it's, I don't know how you feel about it, but it makes me nervous watching these guys, you know, hustling these 600 plus pound bikes around a racetrack um it just makes me a little bit nervous so um i definitely see the intrigue in it it would be interesting to see if you would get any any more international flavor if 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 our teams went over to bsb to do a round um what kind of international flavor would there be would there be teams being built over there to build bikes and put it in the classes and that kind of thing so it is definitely, you know, look, Baggers is going global now if that's the case because I think that once it starts and you take it to a couple of different places, it might intrigue other places to want to see those guys come race at their spots as well. So, hey, it's cool. I mean, it's expanding. It's going to give a few of our guys a chance to go race at another place um, and uh, and go from there. It's going to be interesting to see if Pirelli thinks that they have a <laughs> they have a tire Didn't even that's going to handle that. a six hundred and twenty pound motorcycle. Is it you know is with, it is it a thing where they couldn't run Dunlops over there at all? Or is it just? Um, I it, don't think so. I think BSB has Pirelli's the exclusive supplier over there, is, mm. from what I understand. I, I don't know. Again, I don't know where it's going to go. I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, I, I would I would hope that if they went and did say a moto gp race or, and showed up there mm-hmm. that they would be able to run dunlops you know because you, you you're going to set the bike up for that everything's been developed around dunlops but and yeah, i also be, don't know yeah. like who would be who who in if there's any companies in europe based in europe that are high performance harley davidson companies you know like like the one thing that terry vance has said about baggers is that obviously vance and Hines is a performance you know, based company. And so they literally build now a complete baggers kit and they continue to evolve it and develop it that a dealer can go to them and say, give me the kit. And I don't know what the kit costs. I don't know what parts are in there, but basically you can modify your current bagger to, to be like, you know, to be like a, like a mission King of the baggers bike. Yep. And that's where Terry Vance was like, this is why I'm investing in this series because this helps directly in the development of our motorcycles. How mm-hmm. many people out there have baggers that are interested in, performing you know like converting their bike to a performance bike i don't really know right i know that when baggers came on the scene a couple years ago jay it was kind of gangbusters in terms of the views and everything for youtube and i used to keep an eye on that stuff for moto america 
If I uh -huh. pull up Moto America's videos now and I look at the most popular, you're looking at top motorcycle crashes from 2021. A year ago, they posted that. It's got 14 million views. Mm -hmm. For some reason, Moto America Stock 1000 race. Moto America Stock 1000 from Alabama in 2020 has 10 million views. Wow. Like, like you know, uh, that insane rain race that was featured on Joe Rogan, the one where, you know, Ye um, Yates, where uh, Skultzy ends up crashing and surfing on, yep. at Barber. Yep. Yep. That one's got 1. 1.8 million views. But this is the thing. So now you're at f the fifth highest viewed is King of the Baggers from Laguna two years ago, 1.2 million. Mm -hmm. But this is where I'm baffled, Jay. Do you know that the 2022 Daytona 200, the full race, the three-hour broadcast, has 1.8 million views, and this year's Daytona 200 has 1.2 million views. Interesting. A three-hour broadcast. Yeah. Then you have like Motul Superbike Race 1 from 2018, just shy of a million. Then King of the Baggers uh, from 2021, King of the Baggers from 20 super hooligans it's just it's it's it what gets in the algorithm what you know it's hit or miss or whatever but what we do know if you look beyond the views on youtube and the viewership that you get what we do know and is that it draws a crowd man this thing draws a crowd that harley davidson crowd and jay it's not like if you think about it back to as, as far back as you go in racing right mm -hmm. the early 90s We've always had a class that was there to try to attract that Harley crowd. Remember, we had the 883 yeah. class for a yeah, long time. We did. The XR1200 class. And this is really no different. It's just a different iteration of it all. And it now gets out to a broader audience because there's more baggers sold than there were 883s or more baggers sold than XR1200s. You know, you know what's so different that, about those classes, I, though, honestly? Yeah. Those the, the 883 class launched the careers of some of our, our lot of people. greatest writers that we ever had in our paddock. I mean, the Boston brothers, yes. Aaron Yates comes to mind. I mean, I Zemke. remember Aaron uh, Zemke. Zemke started there. Um, yeah. And it's funny because I don't remember Jake as much there. Um, no, he was only there a brief period of time. Um, yep. He was only there for like one kind of half season, I think, before okay. he started racing 750 Supersport. Okay, so... I just didn't remember him there as much, but I remember the Bostroms and I remember, I remember Aaron Yates, um, doing things on that bike and people going like, Whoa, like, wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now we don't have that as much. We have much more established guys currently, um, in King of the Baggers and the other than, <laughs> other than Brainerd, um, for sure the reliability of these bikes has become a lot better. Um, mm -hmm. I usually have some fun text messages with Chuck during the weekend about that. And, Chuck uh, Axlin. you know, Chuck Axlin. Yep. Yeah. And, um, so, I mean, it's it, the, the reliability of these motorcycles has definitely become better. And, um, yeah, so I think backers going over there, I think is pretty cool and will give people, a, another outlook on things. All right, J.D. Beach is going to replace Cameron Peterson at this weekend's pit race where we have three superbike races. He's also been able to test at Coda a week ago. Josh Heron was the fastest of those riders who tested at Coda. Your thoughts on all of that? Because the one thing we know about Heron is, and he admits it, he's never been much of a tester. So the <laughs> fact that he comes out of a test, fastest guy. Now, they weren't like lap record pace or anything of that nature, you know, in terms of what we have. But uh, J.D. Beach was was right there within a second of what Josh Heron did. What are your thoughts on on J.D. coming in this weekend and, you know, all that stuff? 
first off, I didn't get to see any of the tests or times. I didn't see anything. So when I read that, Josh was the quickest. I thought, well, that's pretty cool because he he normally isn't the greatest tester. Uh, I think he'd be the first one to say that too, probably. He did. He did in his quote in the press release, actually. Did he? Did yeah. He? So yeah. yeah, he would probably be that guy that would go, hey, I'm usually not here. So obviously he's comfortable. Um JD, you said he was within a second, huh? So that's pretty good. And I don't know the lap times or how. I don't even know. JD what the lap did times like a two, a two ten eight or something like that, and Heron did like a two oh nine eight or so, somewhere around there. Do you know what they, they normally do down there? Do you know what they the rec- do? The record is a, is like a two oh eight something. So they were they were not like way way off. So like yeah, while you're talking, I'll pull up uh, I'll pull up yeah. the race time here. No, quick. I look for JD. Just, from the he just came last year. I was talking to Chuck Askin again. I was talking to him yesterday. Because he lives up in Washington now, and he went to the Castle Rock TT, and he told me that JD was actually leading that race, I, I guess, and then tipped over and still ended up finishing third, but he felt like he should have won that race. And the fact that JD's got some time on the bike is great. It's going to, you know, Pittsburgh's a different track than Coda, um, but JD's going to, you know, hopefully get up to speed pretty quickly. I don't know what his deal is there, Greg. Is he there for the next couple or is he only there for this one because all Hayes... all we know right now is is that he's here for pit race obviously Josh okay. Hayes had filled in for Cam Peterson who's out the remainder of the season but with his commitment in supersport even Hayes knew there's no shot I can do five full races that'd be, that'd three be on a, a superbike and two on supersport there's no there's no way yeah. so that's why they they went out there so I don't know if Hayes is going to come back I don't know the schedule of the last couple races with JD's schedule I'm not really sure I don't know if it's wide open. They're they only have one so, race like, left. They have, about it. they have one race left, JD's. Um, oh, the series. championship, that's it? Oh, I think they only have one okay. left, Chuck told me last night. I think they go to uh, they go some, uh, Springfield Mile, I think, the weekend prior to Coda for us. So, mm. so yeah, that's what, I, that's what Chuck said. So, look, for JD, it's going to be a great opportunity to stay on a bike on the course of a weekend. He's going to get three shots at it at um, – at Pitt, it's a difficult track. I mean, it's not an easy racetrack, that place. And I know he's been there before. So he'll be uh, he'll get used to that place. The team will have a lot of data for him to look at. So he's he's going to be fine. Um, and then, you know, as far as Heron goes, I think that it's going to be a confident boost for him that he did well at Coda going into Pittsburgh. It was a shame to see him have uh, the issue that he had in the second race at Brainerd. Um, only for the championship ramifications of that, it would have been nice for him to – Maybe have been stayed stayed a little bit closer, but through no fault of his own, uh, there you know he uh, he had that problem. So look, I think that you know this this can lead right right into our discussion about pit race and what we can expect to see there. Um, and I think that I think that Heron could be right there at the front of this at pit race. It's a fairly smooth racetrack. It flows. Does a lot of there's a lot of things about this place that I think will be good for him. Um, so, yeah, I mean, again, what's Gagne going to roll out with? Well, I don't even know what his points lead is now. Do you know what it is? They're 60-something points. Yeah, it's pretty it's big, pretty isn't big. it? Yeah. I do have it. It's just in my backpack. Like, like I, can, I can pull it up. But, yeah, it's it's it, And it's Tyler's a has a lot to lead. unpack after the last two weekends they had. Obviously, four mm-hmm. bikes pretty much destroyed, you know, between Cameron Bobier and, and Corey Alexander. PJ's coming off a big win. That's going to give him a gigantic boost. Um and 68, that, sorry, 68, 68 points. points. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that, so didn't mean to put you on the spot there. Um, it's okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I, th- I think that when you, when you look at our, our series heading to pit race, 
it's one of my favorite places. I, I, I really, really enjoy going, you know, to that, to that area. I think it's a pretty cool little area. Uh, I love, I love the track. I love our booth. <laughs> There's a lot of things I really like about, um, about that place. Have you checked the weather at all? Is it supposed to be? Yeah, I checked the, yeah, I did check the weather, uh, like a couple of days ago and it was like mid eighties or something and looking oh, yeah. like super good. But let's see. Let me, I just pulled let it up me... right now. 73 for the high on Friday, 79 on Saturday and 86 for Sunday. And all this, sun? yeah, all sun, basically saying no rain, 24% chance of rain, just like scattered clouds on Friday, 7% and 6% on Saturday, Sunday. So, I mean, when you look at that, you go, wow, it's going to be, I want these guys to be able to come there and especially on a race weekend where we've got three races for Superbike, just want them to be able to come there and have it be perfect for them, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. Especially for the fans too, because the place is, I don't, I don't know how they keep selling these tickets, honestly, but ticket sales are up as well. Just to are circle they? back right. to the, to the Coda stuff. Mm-hmm. So JD ended up doing a 210.9. Okay. The wreck, the lap record was set by Gagne last year at a 208.450. The race record's a 208.6 that Petrucci ended up doing. Uh, Gagne ends up, let's see. um, Gagne did a 210.3 and a 210 flat. Yeah, so JD JD was right there. I'm trying to see what did Heron. Heron ended up doing a 209.966, and JD did a 210.922. Mm-hmm. So it's within a second. So I just got my point eights or whatever off. So if if you're looking at kind of the, I think the race pace, um, you know, was in the two hundred nines. Then he's he's right there, you know. Yeah. And, and we'll see. The, the The biggest thing about Coda, looking way forward, Jay, of course, is what surface are we going to get when we get there, right? So that's you know I mean, how bumpy is it going to be, or you know what's it going to be like, and blah 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 blah. I'm so. excited to go there. I'm actually going there the week before. I'm going to ride on the Saturday Sunday the week prior. So I'm going to get to go down there and see the track, ride the track. And then, um, I mean, obviously I'm going to hang out there for the week in Austin. Yeah. I got invited to do that thing, but I, I I can't do it. Plus I just don't like Coda. So I don't like riding it. You know, I'm, I'm willing to, I've only ridden it once and it's been years and you know, I'm the same as you. Coda has never been one of my favorite places. Um, that, you know, it's not, you know, when you go to a new track and then you leave there going, eh, it was all right. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's never going to be great. And I always go back to the famous Nikki story of when he kind of announced that he was leaving MotoGP, did it at Coda and they were talking, they kind of talked to him about the track and Nikki was always so positive and it was kind of like, yeah, this isn't really like my favorite place. And that was basically Nikki's way of saying he hates it, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. He he did it the Nikki way, but but um but I'm excited to get down there. I want to go ride it again and just see what it's like and spend two days there. And it'll it'll help me in the telecast too to be able to understand what the track is actually like. Um and you know, so I'm I'm ex- I'm actually excited about going down there and riding. But pits first and what about pits super first. sport? Like, you know, All right, so again super, a place where yeah, Chavi hasn't gone. Um, no, he has, has, I think he circulated there a couple times, hasn't he? Has he? I don't know if he's ever ridden there or done a track day there. I just don't know. He was supposed to do something there. Let's see. They didn't do the endurance over the weekend. I don't think because it's too close. There was a weird endurance over the weekend and and a couple of Moto America riders showed up. I know that Aiden Sneed was there on the WAG bar, Yamaha, Melissa's team, the MP13 bike, uh, with, uh, Ella Dreher, um, 
and Max Van showed up, I think, you know, with, with a, with a quick fill, you know, gas tank, maybe uncorked, but anyway, there were a few people that were there at pit race over the weekend, but in terms of super sport, Chavi's got an 84 point lead over Josh Hayes. Tyler Scott has got three points back from Hayes. So 87. And I think Chavi even said on social media here the last couple of days, Jay, that this is an important race weekend for him in terms of the championship. He would love to wrap the thing up early. Uh, I believe his wife and daughter are coming to this event. I haven't talked to him right. recently, but they, yeah. they should be here for the first time. So I'm sure he's going to be in a great mood having family around, if not exhausted because his daughter's you know so new. But um, I think that part of what Chavi's focused on is obviously winning the championship, but then what yeah. comes after that, the possibility of getting on a super bike before the year's out, all that kind yeah. of stuff. I think that that's going to be exciting because we know that – um, the team has a lot of data and stuff from pit race. And so, mm-hmm. and that bike hasn't changed a ton. Um, we know that, you know, they, they've gotten a little bit of, of a balancing. They got a little bit more back in about in balancing in terms of the, uh, the super sport rules to give him a little bit more acceleration and stuff. So they're constantly doing that. And we're going to really test Chavi to see coming off of his first two weekends where he didn't win a race or his first two races, where he didn't win a race. I mean, he'd be yeah. perfect up until, you know, we arrived at Brainerd. And of course, Hayes just got done doing endurance racing on the R1 and all that stuff uh, last weekend. So, you know, there's plenty of track time there for everybody. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah. I you think, know, uh, I, I, yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen a, I haven't seen a uh, entry list yet. Have you? No, I have not seen the entry list yet. Why are you thinking there's it. something different that might somebody? No, no, no. Try? I know. I know. Uh, I do know one thing. I don't think it's going to, I mean, everybody's going to find out sooner or later, but Joe LaMondre Jr. is going to be taking the place of Michael Gilbert and Mike in Mike's team only because he had to have surgery. He had a bolt. Actually, the reason why Michael Gilbert's been struggling as much as he has is he's, he had a bolt back out in his ankle. Oh and my God. Been, yeah. And oh. it had been rubbing against ligaments in his ankle and making Ugh, it to where Michael, yeah, he physically couldn't barely walk and he couldn't ride. And that's been a little bit, you know, Mikey's been keeping it pretty quiet, but that's one of the reasons why he's been struggling as much as he has. And, um, and Joe, uh, quit the Altus team and, um, and this was an opportunity to put a young guy on a bike and, um, you know, so I'm I'm excited for Joe Lamondre Jr. to be able. To, he's going to jump up to Supersport, and he's going to hopefully he's going to have some good support with that team. There's some good guys on that team that are working there, so I think that uh, he's going to join Owen Williams. And then how about this? You know, Thermiotis, right? Yeah, yeah. He he uh, he ended up getting hit by a car. Apparently, I haven't talked to him on his bicycle training and broke his wrist. So oh man! Sounds like he's out in, for the in Miami. And yeah. was it you? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. so, so it sounds like he's out for the season. Ah, Alex, which, get better, bro. Yeah. Love which, that kid. He's, yeah, he's fun he is a great dude. Um, yeah. So it's, uh, it's wild, man. It's, it's just, it's, it's, um, for, you know, it's an opportunity for Joe, which I think, you know, I know him a little bit and he's a hardworking kid and, uh, him and his dad, I love his dad. He's a great guy. And, uh, and I think if Joe goes in there with the right mindset and goes in there to learn as much as he can, I don't think he's ever ridden a GSX R 750 and he goes out and he pedals oh, around. This thing is so easy to ride. Come on. Yeah. And he goes out and pedals around on a 2008 R6 at all these club races. So I think mm-hmm. he'll, I think it should hopefully be a step for him step forward. So yeah. So nice. he's, it's just going to be Owen Williams and him on that team this weekend. 
All right, we'll check out that entry list. Uh, in Junior Cup, Avery Dreyer is sitting on a 26-point lead over Max Van Hayden Bickney's 31 points back on what was not Avery Dreyer's weekend. Uh, he had really finished on the podium up until we got to Brainerd, and he only walked out of two races with 13 points total, zero and 13. Max Van, though, did the same thing. The The big movers in that class were Rossi Moore, Levy Batty, and Jaden Fernandez, who definitely had his coming out party there. So I'm looking forward to Jaden Fernandez's results moving forward to see if he may have found something, Jay. What do you think? Yeah, you know, it, it definitely could have it could he definitely it's that confidence thing something. you were talking about. Oh, like, man. oh, I can run with these guys, you know. hundred percent. Like you get that feeling in you and then it's like once you start to see it, once you feel it, it's you just go into these races with so much more confidence and ready to go. And uh and we see that all the time, you know, with with younger guys especially. It's it, it's 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 something that you can't really explain. I think as a competitor, Greg, you anything you do, whether it's you know what you and I do now with with you know you and I have talked a lot about our our hobbies on the side between golf and archery, and it's like we both think that we can do something, but until it really happens, then the longer it takes, the harder it gets. But it's like oh, yeah. you see it with these young guys that once they see that they are there, they're there, and they'll be there for the rest of the races. Right. So yeah, they know. definitely will moving on to twins cup, dude. That's a tight one. Gus oh. rodeo leads by three points over Blake Davis and Rocco Landers, 18 points back in third Rocco. Of course, if he finishes a race, it's been win, 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 win. And the third for him, he's got four zeros. Of course he wasn't at the first two races uh, of the Daytona. year. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Daytona. Cause he, he wasn't there. So he's got two zeros on the board. But it, it's a really, really snug race up there in Revit Twins Cup, and it's going to be very interesting. I mean, what, what do you think if you're Gus Rodeo and you and you guys decide, you know, listen, you know, we got a fill-in rider, Rocco, and he's been doing so well, we got to keep him on, and now he's your number one competitor for winning this championship. I mean, look, I'm actually really happy for Gus in one sense, um, actually a couple. I thought that what ended up his weekend at Barber was pretty shitty. And um, there were some things there that, that I feel like he was a little bit unlucky with. And the fact that he has kind of found himself back at the top of the points after doing as well as he did at Daytona and so forth. Um, they have this race. And I think Jersey left is all they have. Um, but you know what he's going to build off of Greg was his last outing at Laguna where he literally he he ran the same pace as Rocco. We haven't seen anybody be able to do that. And at Laguna in race two, he actually ran the same pace. And didn't Rocco fall off there? Is that what happened? Did Rocco yes. tip off? I, I, yes. If my memory serves me right, it's not a race that G-Dub and I call. But I think he fell off in turn five or something. Um, we don't see Rocco make mistakes ever. Uh, but we saw some there. And, um, you know, and I think going to Pittsburgh and Jersey – is going to be pretty highly motivating for, for Gus only because that's kind of his stomping grounds, right? Those are two East coast, two East coast tracks. And I think that for him rolling into that area, I think will be um, uh, confidence inspiring for him. So he's got to try to do everything he can to stay on the back of, of Rocco and, uh, and try to win this. So it's what's he's 18 points ahead of Rocco now. 18. And was there a five point difference between first and second, right? So he's, Correct. His job and his job isn't done. He can't ride around. It's not like he's got a twenty-five point lead and can finish second in the next four races and win the championship. 
No. So his his major goal is got to beat Rocco in at least one of these. If he can beat him in one of them, then he can kind of he can kind manage of do what it? he wants to do a little bit. Manage it, yeah. Good good word. He can kind of manage it a little bit more, don't you think? Yes, I totally yeah. agree with that. Yeah, it's gonna be an exciting championship. Royal Enfield Build Train Race is gonna be there as well, and Michaela Moore still perfect. Five races and five races, big wins. I don't see anyone stopping her. The number one plate from last year, Kaylee Bike not around because she got sick and she's got three podiums this year. Hopefully she's back in action. I haven't seen the social media, but it's entertainment. If you come to the races, make sure you stop by the build train race uh, canopy and and check out some of the bikes they have. Have you met Michaela yet? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I got to go meet her. I have to. Michaela Moore. Are you kidding me? Guess who knows Michaela Moore and her parents? Uh, Jeff White. Yeah, Jeff White. Hey, hey, hey bro. Yeah, so, hey, bro. so she, hey, bro. So two two weekends ago, when he was at pit race doing track days, uh, I think it was pit race. Unless like Jeff did three track days at pit race and then jumped in his car and drove to West Virginia at like three o'clock in the morning to, so he could do Summit Point the next day. I'm pretty sure Michaela and her parents were at pit race. You know, getting two weeks before the event. You know, getting some laps in there. And so Jeff White was like, you know, photo dumping me like, hey, look who I'm hanging out with. Oh, they, I've known them for a long time. Well, you didn't know her. You know, he knows she's Kaylee good, Bike. You know, she's good. She's really good. Yeah, she's good. Yeah. She races in R6 uh, on the East Coast, too. So I'm not really sure her results, but yeah, but definitely really- eyes on Michaela Moore because it, it's a really interesting program, Jay, but she's really stomping people. I'm looking really forward to pit race, especially after the, the weather forecast you gave. It's going to be a fun weekend. You know, Jeff White's coming. Great going to be fun whatever whatever um but let's move on let's move on because moto gp is going to be in austria at the red bull ring my question for you is looking forward is this an important race for for ktm to really show us that ktm is still a contender the other bit too of course is we know ducati can go fast here it's it's a big racetrack but jay you got to look at aprilia they it seems like at silverstone that they made some big strides in that that summer break and so you know i think there's a lot of things that play we know what yamaha is going to bring we know what honda is going to bring we know what ducati is going to bring but i think the big stories for me right now are ktm and aprilia what's going to happen with them what do you think i think the bigger one for me is aprilia you said ktm to start with and i agree but i think aprilia like you say is is even more important because they need to back up what they did. I think that the the fact that both riders were faster, Vinales was very quick, and he could have just as easily ended up on the podium the second day as well. Um, it would have been interesting had that race not had those little spits of rain. And the other guy you got to look at that nobody ever really seems to talk about. I mean, but Miguel Oliveira. I mean, the guy is he is incredible, and he's had some really shit luck this year. Um, but he is as deserving to be on a factory bike as anybody. He got sacked last year from KTM to bring in Jack Miller. And arguably, when you look at it uh, uh, big picture-wise, Oliveira, to me, is extremely underrated. Um, and, I mean, that guy, he came forward pretty quickly when the when it started to sprinkle. He took some big chances to get on the back of that lead group. And at one point, it looked like he was going to win. So, essentially, Greg, he had three Aprilias running in that top five that ended up finishing in the top five. So I think for Aprilia to see if that momentum and see if they really have found something, um, I think it's going to be important. Red Bull Ring is similar in the sense that it's very flowy. Now, I know they've chopped it up a little bit with that makeshift chicane that they built from the incident that they had there a couple of years ago. Um, But other than that chicane and the next right-hander after that, the very tight, tight, probably first gear right-hander at the top of the hill, 
the rest of the track is extremely flowy. And um, I think for Aprilia, um, for Alesh Spargo specifically, that was the start of his of his title run. And you know, if but you know, Bedzeki made a mistake at the last round. Um, we know that Bagnaya has been prone to do that. I I really feel that I want to hope that Bagnaya is through that little stage of his learning. Um, at this point, I feel like. He should be. So we'll see how that ends up with him as far as not making any more mistakes. But we have a ton of racing to go. A ton. And and I think for Aleish, it's important. This next race is really important to see how he ends up doing and, and moving forward. It's going to be good because we're on the East Coast. And mm-hmm. for the time difference and stuff, we it's one of those situations where we, we tend to like watch the race in the morning before we get to the racetrack which is always good. We know that Chuck Axon will be there watching the racing as well. So it's, it's kind yeah. of a, it's a, it's a big race weekend when we have East coast races in Moto America and Moto GP and even world Superbike when we've had those triple, you know, races going on, it, it, it's pretty gnarly. So it's going to be fun to watch. I, you know, I, I'm going to keep an eye in Moto two on Jake Dixon because I'm just like, you know, after getting so mouthy about what happened, part of me feels like he needs to come back and get himself a result at Red Bull ring. You know, and Agreed. and and kind yeah. of back some of that stuff up. So, and of course, Moto Three is just going to be a freaking because it's a long, it's you know, it's a long, fast, flowy track. So you expect you know seven, eight, nine, ten, fifteen riders to the end in Moto Three. It's going to be a good weekend. Hey Jay, let's it move on. Be a good weekend. What? Do yeah. you know how big the points? What are the? Do you know? Sorry, I'm looking sure them up. I, I got the point standings here right in front of us. So. That's pretty funny that they do it this way. Yeah, they've changed oh. the website, which is absolute freaking trash. It stinks. I hate it. Good job, by the way. Every so, time I, I click on something, I have to re-log in and re-log in, and I haven't been yeah, able to watch races last time. There's so. a way that you can get out of that that I started to read on, but I'm like, why is it got to be so difficult? So Bagnaya right now, Greg, he's got a pretty big lead, 214 over one, uh, 173. 214 to 173 over Jorge Martin who is in second. And with Bedzeki's mistake, he's a further five points behind Martin. So Bagnaya's got a pretty big points lead. And when you look at Aleish, he's so far out of the points. It's almost not even worth talking about. He's 107 points out in sixth place. And he's Um, got 107 points. So it's... That's what I mean, yeah. Yeah. So, So he's... I mean, when you start to look at this closely, I know that a lot of things can happen in racing. There's three guys right now um, with the potential on Bagnaya, Martin, and Bedzeki. Bender's at 131. Um, so he's, you know, not quite 100 points back, but he's not far off it, you know? So, you know, the thing is, 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 um, with all that said, uh, Bagnaya right now is in the driver's seat. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be a good weekend. Uh, don't forget, folks, we have fantasy going on. So you want to make mm. sure you go to MotoGP Fantasy, log on, and do your thing there because you got to pick your stuff. And you go to Game Hub. It's a new site. You go to Game Hub, and then you put Build Your Team. It's fantasy.motogp.com. You can sign up for free, and then you're going to search for the Greg's Garage Pod with Jason Pridmore. Jason, we didn't talk about this last time in our league, and unfortunately, I hate to say this, but I think you're ahead of me now. I slid. Well, I, I, I might slid be, to, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh no, you're two nineteen. I'm two hundred and had a bad weekend, uh, dude. It's it's. I'm yeah. I'm two hundred four. You're two nineteen. So it, it, my team, like Kingfisher, Kingfisher's leading the way. 
Kingfisher's team, it, it's already banged out two of the three uh, turbos, as does uh, TB Simmons. But both those yep. teams are worth over $20 million. $20.5 million for Kingfisher, $20.3 million for Simmons. Team Rhino's at $18.4 million in third, but all, but banged out all of the turbos. Um, Team Chow is at 19.6. I'm sitting at a svelte $17 million in value. The big move that I made, yeah. Jay, was I dumped mm-hmm. a couple of scragglers and I was able to pick up Bedzeki. So I have Bedzeki and Peko Bagnaya, and Bedzeki hitting the deck crushed me. And then I have Maverick Vinales and, and Juan Mir. And Juan Mir got yeah. me zero points. And I have Grassini Racing. I have Ducati. So, like, I'm just, I'm stuck. I'm stuck. Unless Mir all of a sudden just goes on some type of a tear, you know, in terms of value, I'm absolutely screwed. But MotoGP Fantasy, come play with us. One last thing before we let you go, JP. Jet Lawrence, he wins the outdoor, the Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Championship. And so far, he is perfect. With a couple races to go, he wraps it up. Do you think now that he's got the championship all wrapped up, he's going to be able to win out the whole season or lose the focus? What do you think? Eat donuts, Jack. No, I think he's. I think he. I think he wins out. I don't. I don't know why he wouldn't. I don't even know how many are left. I tried to tune in and watch it overseas, but Peacock wouldn't let me join in because I was over in England, so that I couldn't watch the races. I didn't even know he won the championship till this morning when I saw your uh, oh, your rundown. I, oh. I didn't even know. I, I I figured it was getting close, but I didn't even know that he had won the championship. Hmm. Um. And then I saw that Hunter, I think, is leading by 22 points over Cooper Webb now because I think Deegan had some issues. So I didn't really get to to watch that uh, as much as I, I would have liked being over there. Um, so uh, We've got to get you I, on I something s- called a VPN, Jay. we got to get you a VPN, and you could VPN that you were in the States and watched it. Yeah, well, I you know, it was one of those things I was – we were watching Thruxton at, Al, at Alex's house, and, and – we were watching that and I thought, oh, we could pull up some outdoor moto as well, you know? Yeah, and, that would have um, really cool. Yeah, but I just couldn't get it. So no big deal. Um, they have two. I don't even have, know how many, how many rounds they have. They have, they have two rounds left. Bud's Creek and Iron Man. So four motos left. Yeah, I, I don't see. He's kind of chasing, you know. I just saw a thing on Instagram. Remember when Ricky went 24-0 in two seasons, which is just insane. Mm-hmm. Ricky Carmichael went. T- oh, yeah. So I was there actually sure- the first season. I was there at the final race. Got a. Got a, a hat. I still have the hat. It's like Ricky Carmichael's first perfect season, the whole deal. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, But, I mean, Jet's probably chasing some of that, too. I don't think that stuff necessarily means a lot, but it's just a nice little bit of icing on the cake. Did, did you watch any of the race? I didn't get to Unadilla at all. Not okay, because I just watched it. I watched the live timing, and Sexton was there. He was there. He was there. He was there. And then next thing you know, he wasn't. So I figured he probably mm-hmm. fell over and... You know, because one of his lap times was like 15 or 18 seconds slower than the lap before. So I'm like, okay, well, he fell over again. So, yeah, anyways. Yeah, yeah. we'll see. And then, of course, after this season's over, they have like, what, three races with this um, super motocross super motocross thing that they have going on. So they'll yeah. still, just, they're not getting a break, man. Poor riders. I mean, it's just, it's supercross motocross season is just such an ass whip, dude. They're just ringing them, oh. ringing them out. So poor guys. Anyway. That'll pretty much do it for us for this one. Um, we certainly hope you come to Pit Race and check us out. If not, we'll post the places to watch. It's Tuesday when we're doing this, so we don't really have the graphic that Moto America posts up as to where to watch what. Live Moto America Live Plus app is your best bet. Go check that out. Go buy that thing. 
and support the series. And then you have access to practices and qualifyings and all kinds of neat features and all um, some great stuff. So we'll talk about pit race. We'll talk about MotoGP from Austria and we'll keep you posted as to what Jet Lawrence is up to. And is there anything else when I guess, let's see, I'm going to pull up my calendar here, my calendar. Now that'll, uh, um, no world Superbike doesn't go back into action until the weekend. We're at Coda. Wow. Yeah, no, they're, they're off for a while. Yeah. They don't, they don't get back into action until September 8th, 9th and 10th. So you're that's just it. gonna follow. You're just gonna follow Chuck around and see if the Johnny Ray rumors are real. Yeah, dude, I'm just gonna bug him all weekend long. Should we just just? I'll be like, hey, Chuck, remember him? last time you told me that you know you scoffed at me when I brought that up <laughs> a couple of weeks ago? Now what's going yeah. on? Now what's going what's on? What's going on? Why is it all over the place? How long? How long's the contract? How much is he gonna make? How long have you known? How, how long, long have you, you known? Chuck? And then <laughs> Chuck's answer to everything will be like, I don't know, Greg. I don't know, Greg. He's I'm, the best at I, keeping secrets. If you do that on the weekend, I'm road tripping with him on Monday. So oh, you are I'll, okay. I'll hassle him. I'll hassle him in a car the whole time. I'll just hassle him. Okey So you got to remember the, the what do you the, well, wait, wait, the, wait 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 Are you going to be available to do a podcast next Tuesday? Uh, Wednesday. Ah, uh, Wednesday. All right, I'm gonna have to do it. Are you gonna Yank- be gone? Huh? I, I'm gonna be in Yankton, but I mean, I get to Yankton, South Yankton. Dakota. I think I you know Yankton. It's exactly what you think it is. Um, it's such a great place for you to hang out. It's archery heaven, though. Honestly, it's it's you oh, can shoot a yeah. hundred yards indoor at this facility. They have field three field courses. They have three D. They have these big fields you can shoot up to two hundred yards outside or something. It's it's crazy. Great. It's it's not a bad That's town cool. actually, Yankton. It's just and it's this time of year. The problem is we have to go to Yankton in, in January, and that's just like pulling your toenails out. It's brutal. Is it bad? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, if you can. Uh, I'm, I'm flying home Tuesday. So Wednesday is, yeah, I'll figure it out. We'll have to do it Wednesday night. So if you're listening to this podcast, yeah, expect that we'll post up a little bit late because, uh, Jason's travel, my travel, but we'll, we'll try to get it done as soon as we possibly can. Okay. Do you, do you get, do you get surprised? Do you get surprised by how many people come up to you and tell you that they listen to this thing? Uh, nobody comes up and talks to me, Jason. Nobody really <laughs> likes me. That's just people talk to you. So Jeff White hey. tells me, you know, hey, dude, I'm like nine podcasts behind. Hey. So, hey, but, dude. dude, hey, I got a road trip. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no. I, 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 like, can, can we get this leather thing going? Can we get it? Dude, dude I, I, I have 50 track days a year. Can we get this leather thing going? Oh, I'm like, he's Jeff, a beauty, I'm busy. Huh? Yeah, he's the best. He's the best big I, brother. Mm. Yeah, he is the best big brother. He is the best. Uh, sure. Yeah, I get blown away. Like people will be like, ah, you know, you guys uh, – Guys couldn't get it out earlier last week. You know, like, well, well no, sorry, we've been busy. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah, you know, we're trying, man. We're trying. That's yeah. so great. It's yeah. so great. So, anyways, yep. Any, anyways, everybody, if uh, you're at Pittsburgh, hey, you said ticket sales are up, which is yes. awesome. That place always has great fans. To be fair, when we go to Pitt and we go to Jersey, both East Coast rounds are very well attended, and the people back there are cool. So. Um, if you see us, you know, running about, somebody come up and say hi to Greg and tell him that you like him, just to help him a little bit, if you could, please. That would be great. Because uh, uh, you know he's he is a pathetic character right now. Oh, nobody talks to me. So what? if you see G Dub, just donuts. go up and give him a hug. Donuts. He loves hugs and donuts. Give G Dub hugs and donuts. That sounds like a bumper um, sticker. Are you done talking, please? Can you sign off? I'm done. Later, everybody. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you soon. See you. Bye.